yeah. Smith's the encore. Fantasy, sports, and politics. Crew, yeah. Check. Fantasy, sports, and politics. Ain't no other talk show hot as this. Cover every sport and we get it all right. Log on the site, you can listen tonight. Talk about the game, who in first place. You can even call up, state your own case. Football, b-ball, soccer too. Log on, ain't nobody stopping you. It's fantasy, sports, and politics crew. Yeah, come on. Fantasy, sports, and politics crew. Yeah. Fantasy, sports, and politics crew. Fantasy Sports and Politics Crew. Yeah, lock on. Peace. <laughs> all right, all right. Hello, everyone, and welcome once again to the Thursday edition of FSP. That's right. 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on a Thursday night is the FSP Crew Show. I am your host, JT, a.k.a. The Master. And as always, I like to bring in the latest and greatest um, information or discussion on the uh, current events in in uh, today's sports. Uh, mainly, uh, t- this covering this week, we're going to be talking about the uh, Super Bowl number fifty, the Gold Super Bowl. Imagine fifty years. I've been watching the Super Bowl for. Oh man, um, I can't say since '68 um, when the uh, Jets won the Super Bowl and Super Bowl three. That's probably when I first started watching the Super Bowl. Paid attention because of Joe Namath, um, and uh, uh, that got me hooked. Really hooked on football. Um, not the, not the Super Bowl, but just watching um, uh, the um, Joe Namath. And uh, how he played it, and then you know got more and more interested. Anyway, the number to call in is three four seven six three seven three two two zero. I say that again, it's three four seven six three seven three two two zero. The place to be if you want to talk to JT, and that's me. Got a great show in store for you. Like I said, we're going to be talking about the Super Bowl and um, and other crazy things that have been going on. Uh, how about Mr. Johnny Manziel um, doing crazy things? How about uh, um, a few other players that are involved in in, in uh, a couple of things? Um, we're also going to be talking about uh, um, uh, guys that may be moving to other avenues and um, – Hopefully, uh, you'll be hanging with me. Um, and uh, let me bring in my esteemed co-host, Jeff the Joker, excuse me, my, a fellow Jersey guy, and uh, um, welcome him to the show. What's up, my man? Hey, what's going on, Jerry? Not much. All right, Jeff, I know we're going to be talking about the Super Bowl. You know that. That's that's one of the big, big topics. Um, everybody's going back and forth at, at, uh, at nauseum uh, about the Super Bowl. Um, so we're going to be talking about it. We're not, we're no different than anybody else really. Um, but before we talk about that, uh, and, and get, I, I guess some, uh, um, conversation on that, I'm going to talk about one of my, I can't say my favorite subject, but one of my, I told you shows, um, uh, to a lot of people, including one of our, uh, uh, co-hosts, um, uh, Mike Wright about um, the hype that was behind Mr. J.M., Mr. Johnny Football, um, last year when he first came onto the scene or was a uh, uh, hyped-up pick, uh, and everybody was wondering where we were going to go about it. About a year from a year ago, um, he had, and which is going to take place a little later this month in the Combine, he had that uh, – um, um, uncanny, I, I would say, or out of ordinary um, pro day um, at Texas A&M, and he decided to uh, 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 take his wares or whatever to the uh, NFL, who, who uh, supposedly texted the um, 
president or the uh, GM of the Browns and say, let's go wreck this, wreck this league. Um, and all he's been doing is wrecking himself. Uh, latest report is this, that uh, uh, Johnny Manziel, and, and I'm going to bring you up to date, Jeff, because the fact is uh, I just you got some late news about him. So I'm going to go through the, Go through this. Johnny Manziel was, uh, uh, um, I don't know about rested, but he was, he was um, uh, in a police report. Allegedly, he had um, done some things to his, uh, I guess now ex girlfriend, repeatedly hitting her, and um, also um, uh, saying a lot of a lot of disturbing things about. Um, that uh, if she wouldn't get in the car or do what he wanted or whatever, he would um, kill us both. Uh, and supposedly from the time they left a hotel, wherever that was, to they t- got back to her apartment, he had repeatedly hit her, and even including at the apartment. And now, because it, 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 I just got this about uh, 15, 20 minutes ago, both the Dallas and... and I got Victor here too, and I'm going to bring him in in a minute. Um, both the Dallas and Fort Worth police have opted not to press charges against Johnny Manziel in his alleged domestic violence case. And I'm reading this from Roto World right now. ABC Dallas reported disturbing allegations from Manziel's ex girlfriend on Thursday, but she refused to cooperate with police. And that's the caveat. She refused to cooperate with police, so they really don't have any 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 leg to stand on. Manziel is lucky with the law, but from an NFL perception standpoint, the damage has already been done, charges or no charges. Manziel seems like a person in need of serious help. It's difficult to envision him being on someone's 53-man roster in 2016, and I got to believe that. I'm surprised last year he was on somebody's two, two, uh, 2015 uh, roster because I, I thought he was hot garbage. I thought he was all hype and, and no substance, especially in the NFL. Damn good improv- improvisational uh, college quarterback, but you can't take those wares like that and and uh, and transition him to um, the NFL because his stature and his abilities don't translate, in my opinion, to the NFL. Uh, I'm gonna bring v- Victor in here in a minute, but I want to get your thoughts. Mr. Johnny Manziel, I think he's getting off uh, because his girlfriend or ex-girlfriend won't cooperate. Um, but I think the NFL is going to come down heavy on him because I think he's got other problems that the Cleveland Browns have been dealing with um, for a while, and, and it hasn't come to light. Talk to me. Yeah, he's a bum, to put it bluntly. He really is. Uh, you know, uh, you know when a quarterback comes into the league. You know, what's the big fear? He's going to be the next uh, Ryan Leaf or Vince Young. And he's definitely uh, heading down. He's, he's, he's down that path. And you know what? He He's unique because he's he's from a fairly affluent family. So who knows? Oh, yeah. they, they might be covering up some of this nonsense because you can cover up a lot in Texas. You, you could cover up the assassination of a president. So covering <laughs> up uh, domestic abuse is nothing for Texas, you know. Um, that, that's how they roll down there. And um, I, I don't get this guy, you know. I'll tell you, and I'll compare him to one of his contemporaries, um, uh, Robert Griffin III. You know, a lot of people have criticized Griffin. You know what? Maybe you could say Griffin is a brat. He's a brat, not a bum. You know what I'm saying? Uh, mm-hmm. ne- never been in trouble with the law, never any substance abuse. Okay, a little bit of an ego, maybe some immaturity, but you know, uh, give me give me RG three any day of the week over over uh, Johnny Boyzell because he ain't a man. Okay, mm-hmm. I mean, and you know what? I mean, guys make mistakes. You know, people got problems, but this guy, he he just can't pull it together. I mean, I know he's a young guy, but he, you know, nobody's saying be perfect, but you know, keep keep your hands off of women and. and uh, don't don't go partying and then lie and get caught and whatever. I mean, but the thing is with that, the difference is it's not illegal for him to go to a bar. But 
you know, but it's not, you see, you, you know, you want to talk about politicians, you know, I think there's the Bill Clinton rule. It's not the, the screw-up that brings it down, it's the cover-up, you know. And, you know, these, these uh, youngins nowadays, you know, like Manziel, you know, they, they, they can't use the bathroom without posting it on social media, so you can't get away with squat, you know. And right. If I if I was like him, I'd walk into the to the party like, all right, everybody turn off your, your you know your your iPhone or whatever. And but you know what happens? Do that, everybody will leave the party because you know these people can't function without it. You know. <laughs> I mean, it's like how do they party? What do they? What's the party? Just everybody sitting on a couch telling all their friends, hey, yo, I'm at a party. You know, I mean, <laughs> uh, you know, they're really overdoing it with that. You know, it's yeah. like, uh, you know, oh wow. Maybe should I have a beer? Uh, sh- should I talk to a girl? It's like, what do you think, genius? Put down the damn phone, a f- bunch of bunch of gimps, you know? Ooh. Ooh, and, 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 and and yeah, hey, and Johnny Boyzell is part of the gimp generation. Wow, Jeff, you are feeling feisty this evening. Yeah. Uh, let's bring in the other um, special guest because he's very rarely uh, jumps in here, but uh, we appreciate it when he does. Um, see, and I'm, I'm giving him a nice uh, um, lead-in, and hopefully he t- doesn't take uh, take too much advantage of it and decides to to, to um, 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 dog us out. Welcome, Mr. FSP Victor Gardner. How are you? I'm doing fine. Yourself. First of all, I want to give Jeff props because that's the most anger I've ever heard of him, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> you know. It, it brings tears to my eyes to finally hear him <laughs> just pull a Malcolm X out, you know. But, um, <laughs> look, let's be honest here. Johnny Menzel was not going to do well in the NFL. Here's here's my first point with that. When Kevin Sullivan, uh, not Sullivan, Kevin Sullivan, the head coach <laughs> of the Texas, you know what I'm talking about, Kevin Sullivan, wrestler, uh, uh, I'm a big fan of Kevin Sullivan. He was the Prince of Darkness of wrestling for a long time. I know. Y'all are crazy. But anyway, um, uh, when he was on uh, the Rich Eisen show, or it was the NFL Network, one of the other uh, people that were interviewing them uh, was asked about Manziel. You know what he said? Let's talk about some other players that, are deserving of, of uh, being mentioned, like Mike Evans. So he totally deflected the question. And, you know, instead of saying, well, yeah, Johnny's going to be a great NFL player, he's got his head on right, da-da-da-da-da, it was, I don't want to talk about him because I don't think, the question was pretty much do you think he's going to be a good NFL player? And that's when Kevin um, deflected to Mike Evans and other players at Texas. So, what I'm telling you is he was doomed from the beginning when his head coach decided, you know what, or his former head coach decided, I'm not going to talk about you and pump you up to these other uh, media outlets so that you can get a good contract and be picked high. You know, in a way, it's like I had you on my team, you know, boosters and everybody loved you there. You won some games for us, but the antics you had caused us a lot. And put me in a bad life where I had to make decisions of team over punishment. So when I look at, you know, the things that Johnny Menzel has done, it's no surprise to me. He He's a very good talker. He can talk to you and say, I'm doing this, I'm doing that, or I am going to do this, or I am going to do that. And then a couple weeks later, he's back to the same old Johnny or a variation of the same old Johnny. Um. Do I think that he is going to be in the NFL? No. I, I do believe that Menzel has talent. But the only person I see picking him up, and this is to be quite honest, once he gets cut because he'll be so cheap, it's Chip Kelly. I see him going to the 49ers if there's a team that's going to pick him. That is the only team. Colin Kaepernick's talking about he wants to go to the Jets. And he says, no, we don't want you. We want to keep fit. We'll you know, get to that. You just, then, just stay with Johnny right now. Listen, listen, I'm doing my thing. Can I do my thing? See, no, you told me this, I was going this, to is my, this is my, this is our show. You can't do your thing on our show. Yes, I can. 
I'll, I'll, I'll pull back. You I'll can? Back. You, you, you think you can? You think you can? Don't you dare hit that button. Don't you dare. It'll be the worst day of your life. But no. Um, the point is, the point is that I like Johnny Menzel, but he needs a coming to Jesus moment. That's gonna. I mean, I hate to say that Cam had his when he had that accident early on in the season, but that was his coming to Jesus moment. From that point on, Cam Newton was viewed differently, behaved differently, and so on and so forth. So what, whatever Menzel needs to go through, it's going to be rough. And when nobody else wants him, he's going to figure it out. And then he's going to go back to his affluent family and probably do some dumb things and be in the, in the media again. Jason Williams, former basketball player, they used to call him white chocolate. You know, he gets arrested today for drunken driving. But, you know, he wasn't a problem. But you, you see these players that get out the league and they fall on hard times and stuff. Manziel has money. He's like J.R. Rich, J.R. Ewing Rich type money. Yeah, yeah. So he's going to be, you know, Bobby and, and J.R. squaring off for Suellen type stuff going on. But I, I hope I hope he doesn't mess up his career any further than he already has. And I do see Chip Kelly as his last hope, either backing up Colin Kaepernick or starting in place of Colin Kaepernick. And that's all I'm going to say. Get the mic back. Okay. As you guys both know, I I had definitely uh, railed against Johnny Manziel playing in in, in the NFL because I thought he was hot garbage. I stated it before the draft and and kept on stating it all through his antics last year. And quite naturally, he not and quite naturally. And and this is the crazy thing here. Uh, In the off season, he went to a rehab for undisclosed. Issues, and supposedly when he came out, just like you said, Victor, he talked up, he talked the talk, but definitely didn't walk it, because um, it didn't take him long to um, uh, fall back to his old ways, and uh, along with trying to, to get his friends and, and to cover it up and, and lie for him, um, and then. It just got progressively worse. Um, this is not the first time that uh, he's been connected with uh, the, uh, some type of uh, um, altercation with his ex-girlfriend now. I mean, he was a girlfriend now. I suppose his ex-girlfriend. I, I read somewhere where she was trying to get a protective order against him because um, he had threatened, just like I said, to kill us. Um and supposedly he had been uh, come violent with her. Uh, and like I had said earlier it, last year, not in 2015, before he got drafted, that I didn't think he had the same type of desire or the drive or the mental part of being a professional football player because he came from affluence. Now, he came from uh, money. Now, I'm not saying that all players that um, families got um, money um, don't uh, have a drive enough to play in, in the NFL, but the antics and his attitude and the way he approached uh, coming in or trying to get into the uh, NFL, it, it appeared to me that he didn't have the mental fortitude or the makeup to play with the big big boys, especially guys that are trying to feed their families. A lot of these guys, and we all know these guys, a lot of these guys come from um, challenged uh, family life. And this is their way out and way of helping their family. And when you got a guy that, doesn't take the game as seriously as you think a quarterback who's who, on your team should. You going to you're going to have uh, problems with that quarterback. Uh, he's supposed to be the face of the franchise or the leader of your offense or the leader of the team, and he's acting like he's still in college, without a without a care in the world, and doesn't care about what anybody else um, has to say about it. Just thinking of himself, basically. 
Uh, I think this is uh, he saw it saw him that one of these guys, and it hasn't proven me wrong yet. Now, not to say that he can't turn it around, but um, this pattern has gone on for quite a while, and habits are hard to break. And I don't see him breaking a habit, especially when he has money to fall back on uh, with his mommy and daddy. All right. Let's move on to a, a few other um, items here that I want to talk about. One that has to do with the NFC East. One that has to do with the ex-rushing uh, uh, um, um, champion. Talking about DeMarco Murray and the Eagles. Um, I got one report saying that Murray has not asked to be traded or released, and the Eagles are not interested in cutting him at this point. But it's fair to say uh, Murray has eyes on greener pastures. This is coming from Ian Rappaport from the NFL Network. And uh, um, he may be. trying to force another uh, uh, trade to someplace else, even though his uh, um, um, contract is for five years, $40 million. It wouldn't be uh, smart for him, to, um, meaning the Eagles, to cut him because the fact is it would take a huge sa- uh, uh, salary cap hit. Um, but I just saw another article from Murray saying that he doesn't know where this came from um, and that uh, uh, he, he said, I'm, and this is a quote, I'm signing it there for four next four years. I don't know where that story is coming from. It's a little crazy. Every week I feel like there's something new. It's a little weird. I can't worry about what people are saying. I'll just continue to work hard. I'm signed for four years and I'm committed. Now, they got three running backs. Um, Darren Sproles, Ryan Matthews, and DeMarco Murray. They got a new coaching staff, uh, and Doug Peterson being at the head coach with an Andy Reid type of uh, West Coast offense. I can't see him keeping all three running backs. Um, I really can't. Um, that's, in my opinion, too much money to uh, uh, carry in a running back position. Uh, I don't know what they're going to do. There may be a possibility that uh, the Cowboys or um, uh, or some other team may be looking to uh, get uh, Murray back uh, or get Murray um, in some type of deal, but I can't see him keeping Ryan Matthews, DeMarco Murray, and Darren Sproles, even though Darren Sproles is still long in the tooth. Um, uh, I can't see him keeping all three of these guys. That's a lot, like I said, a lot of money in the um, uh, in the running back position. What's your thoughts on that, Mr. FSP? Well, let, let's examine the fact here. He brought in a bunch of players. He brought in uh, what he thought to be a competitive team, and they were for a little while. But this year, honestly, was the first time Chip Kelly had his players. Well, Chip Kelly's not there anymore. Right. It's a new coach. It's a new coach, the offensive coordinator from Kansas, who has already stated that he wants to use his backs the same way they did in Kansas. You there? I think we lost it. What about you, Jeff? You know, I mean, uh, for fantasy purposes, uh, having three backs was really good with Chip Kelly uh, because they ran so many plays. Well, they ran a lot of three and outs last year, but the two previous years they ran a lot of plays. So it was really good for uh, three running backs. You know, they of course they're going to carry at least three halfbacks on the roster, but uh, it might it probably won't be the same three. Because you know you have to consider the salary cap, et cetera, et cetera, and uh, you know, and that's huge. And also, besides salary cap, of course, is always relevant. Fit is huge, and I don't understand. I mean, uh, believe me, uh, uh, DeMarco Murray is an excellent player, but even an excellent player 
might not be the right fit for an offense, and that 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 was uh, that seemed to be the case with uh, with the Eagles. But you know what? With um, the coaches who really win, they make their uh, systems fit the players, fit the talent. You know, and also if they're if they're making personnel decisions, they're making those decisions in part on how well a guy fits. But when you're some uh, egomaniac like Chip Kelly, you know, you can't be bothered with that. Well, yeah, I, I, I have to agree with you. I don't think he's going to – I'd be surprised if he's there. I, uh, let me put it this way. One of these backs, either uh, Ryan, Matthew, Ryan, Ryan Matthews or um, DeMarco Murray, uh, I can't see um, a Doug Peterson-led offense who's who's – been behind um, Andy Reid all this time, um, keeping two backs and rotating backs back and forth. Um, I think he's going to have a uh, bell cow back, stick with him, use him the same way they used uh, Jamal Charles, and then after Jamal Charles went down, Spencer Ware and Chikandrick West. Um, one back, basically, uh, and then you have a little change of pace or something like that. Um, I can't see Ryan Matthews dealing with that um, really lack of work because it's going to be less than uh, it happened this year uh, with Ryan Matthews if they both stay there. So I got to believe that either Ryan Matthews is going to be the bell cow, which he has been before, even though he's gotten nicked up um, a lot, or DeMarco Murray is going to be there. Uh, and one, one of those guys I don't see. Um, staying uh, on that team uh, because, like I said, it, it, just like you said, it, 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 there's too much money tied up in a running back position uh, that uh, they can use elsewhere. All right, let's move on to a, another thing I wanted to talk about here. We got about we're about halfway through the show. Um, I got a piece here um, that I want to play, uh, and then we'll talk about it once I uh, finish playing it because uh, I find it very interesting, extremely interesting. Um, it's about about three minutes, uh, a little over three minutes. Um, it comes from uh, first take with Skip Babalis and, and uh, um, uh, Stephen A. Uh, it took place yesterday. I'm going to play it, and then uh, we'll come back and talk about it. Feeling the love. Thank Let's you. get That's into it. That's the first it. love I've gotten all day. Oh, actually. please. You, you got a razor. People love Stephen A. And they love Molly. It's okay. Oh, it's okay. yeah. Yeah. We feel okay. sorry for him. He's the victim. I didn't, I didn't mean for that to happen. Yeah, I yeah, did yeah. Not. Can we focus on yeah. Peyton? All right. Leak sources are telling our Adam Schefter that the L.A. Rams have wow. had internal discussions about bringing Peyton Manning to Los Angeles. Wow. He wants to play another season. He's under contract for a, another year, but most people around the league don't expect him to return to Denver. Now, Skip, you have said repeatedly, if he does not win the Super Bowl, yep. you expect Peyton to play, but I not do. in a Denver Broncos uniform. What's your reaction to this with the L.A. Rams? Perfect spot. Love this story because I believe Peyton Manning, if he doesn't win the Super Bowl and go out in a blaze of, of MVP glory, mm -hmm. which I find a, a real long shot at best, I believe he would be extremely intrigued by being the quarterback for the returning Rams to Los Angeles with Todd Gurley to hand off to and Aaron Donald leading that defense. This team is a contender. I'm not the biggest fan of the head coach, but I think Peyton would know that he could slide right into that quarterback spot because that's all this team, to me, was lacking last year with Nick Foles and before that with Sam Bradford. I believe Peyton wants to play three more years. He and Brady think 40 is the new 30, and I think he'll be ready to play another two or three years. I think this is it for Peyton Manning. I think his body has taken a physical beating. I think this is the last game we'll see him play. But as it directly relates to your point about him going to Los Angeles to play for the Rams, I have one word that will change your mind on everything you just said with your little soliloquy. Are you ready? You better be good. Jeff Fisher. 
Well, I, I said I love the coach. <laughs> I mean, okay. listen, and, and what I'm saying to you is Jeff Fisher, or, or how about Stan Kroenke? I mean, both of them. I mean, listen, the good at making money. I mean, Jeff Fisher could give lessons on how to keep your job. 21 years coaching in the NFL, made the playoffs six times, missed the playoffs 15 times, still getting contract extensions, making millions of dollars. Yeah. I mean, Lord have mercy. We know, you want to learn how to be employed in the United States of America, go to Jeff Fisher. He can teach you about something. I'm serious. I mean, so that, that's the way. I'm not questioning the man's football acumen. I'm not qualified to do that. I'm questioning his results, which are few and far between. Sure. He got so when to you the look Super Bowl. At, so yeah. yeah, he got to the okay. Super Bowl one yeah. year, disappeared for about a decade. Mm -hmm. this, is Jeff, this is life with Jeff Fisher. So I'm just saying to you, uh, Peyton Manning being in that situation, good luck with that. Okay. I don't believe it. Wouldn't you be intrigued by the talent on both sides of the ball? I'd, I'd be intrigued team? by the talent on the defensive side of the ball. Gurley's a stud, no yep. doubt about it. You know, Austin is no joke, but overall talent on offense, I'm not sure about that. I'm not sure. I don't know. For a team to be successful in L.A., right? And you, you gotta, gotta have to it, What a great stage to be for Payton's exactly. here right what now. Story. Payton's here right now in this Super Bowl because of John Elway and the team he put around him. You got faith that the, the St. Louis Rams could do that? Maybe Elway is here because of Payton Man. No. Oh! Hey, man is here because of Elway. Thank you guys so much for being hey, here man with is here because of the Broncos hold a $19 million option on Manning for 2016, but quite naturally, most expect them to move on after Manning, Manning battled injury and interceptions this season, leading to a 67.9 QB rating. Nick Foles had a 69.0, and Case Keenum had an 87.7, which were actually better in that category. Uh, but signing Manning would be a PR thing at this point in his career. Jeff, your thoughts? Peyton Manning yeah, moving mean, on to the A-Rams, uh, uh, um, Joe Namath. Yeah, and I'm afraid the results might be similar to Namath. Um, <laughs> I, I think uh, the last NFL pass that Namath completed was to a uh, defensive player. Yeah. And watching Peyton Manning at times this year has been painful. And – you know, uh, maybe five years ago, he would have been perfect for uh, the L.A. Rams, uh, you know, returning. Um, but, uh, you know, he's not going to put butts in the seats if he's throwing three interceptions a game. I mean, it, it, and the thing is, uh, you know, he's got a big cap number coming up. And uh, Osweiler, they got to re-sign him. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, I don't think they could keep both. I mean, Osweiler has shown a little, but he's the future if they believe in him. And, uh, you know, it happens. I mean, uh, I think a lot of people thought because of the neck injury he was done. And at that point, he was already a first ballot Hall of Famer, you know. But it's not up to the fans to decide who's done. I guess it's up to, you know, if it's something serious like that, the doctors, and it's up to the team. And if a player wants to take a chance on a guy, um, Hey, he had a few more years left in him. Good for him. But uh, this season looked very, uh, looked very shabby. And even uh, going back to uh, 2014, the last month of the season, he was horrendous. And the thing is, you don't get the full story on the injuries. I mean, everybody knows about the neck surgery, but going into the season, once you're in the season, oh, he's got a bad foot. He's probably had a bad foot for five years, you know. Um, you don't get the full story. Uh, they're not obligated. I mean, the injury reports are a joke, and uh, I don't blame them, but uh, I'll tell you, that's why I wasn't even taking him in mock drafts this year because he was still going early in mock drafts. And, uh, you know, you take a quarterback early and miss, it could, could cripple your team. Well, and, and and believe it or not, a lot of people are still doing that, Jeff, in, in fantasy. Um, some people just like that um... – marquee name uh, and think that's going to jumpstart their their fantasy team um, and two two marquee names that uh, in my opinion killed fantasy teams was um, or, or hurt them severely were quite naturally Peyton Manning and Aaron Rodgers believe it or not uh, he wasn't the Aaron Rodgers of past uh, and that hurt a lot of teams that um, decided to pick him very early um, um, because uh, of the offensive woes that they had uh, throughout the year. Anyway, 
All right, let's get to to uh, another one because I want to get to this in about maybe 15 minutes or so. We get to the uh, Super Bowl 50, but there's a couple of things that I wanted to get through. And uh, we got Manziel, we got uh, um, um, Peyton, uh, but there's another quarterback. And it, Vic had uh, mentioned him briefly earlier that uh, um, Colin Kaepernick wanted out of San Francisco. Uh, Quite naturally, uh, Colin Kaepernick uh, didn't have a good year, so uh, to say the least. Had a, a few surgeries uh, once the season ended, and uh, I wanted wanted to uh, move on to a greener pasture somewhere else other than San Francisco. And and uh, the Daily News reported that Tuesday that Kaepernick wants to play. Excuse me, wants to play for the Jets. And uh, Jason Lankafor reports the feeling isn't mutual. Um, He he does note that uh, 49ers coach Chip Kelly has done nothing to build a relationship with Kaepernick. And the trade remains very likely. Um, Cap has wanted out for quite some time, quite naturally. Who else? Anybody who who paid attention to NFL um, knew that. And quite naturally, a divorce is uh, pending. Now he's 28 years old, and he has accounted for 67 career touchdowns. He's got a pretty decent contract, um, and uh, more than likely, the 49ers will probably get um, uh, maybe a draft pick. Not in the first day, quite naturally. Probably in the second day, either second or third round draft pick, uh, if they get serious about shopping him around. Uh, but the Jets say no way, no how. And I also read an article that uh, Brandon Marshall says, uh, I don't want Colin Kaepernick. I don't need him. I'm happy with uh, my present quarterback. I'm wanting the Jets to sign Ryan Fitzpatrick back up um, because, quite naturally, Ryan Fitzpatrick fed uh, Decker and Marshall the ball quite a bit. And uh, um, if if it ain't broke, don't fix it. What's your thoughts? Colin Kaepernick, he wants out of San Francisco, and quite naturally, I don't blame him because that's a hot mess. Um, any thoughts of where he may land um, if, quite naturally, the Jets don't want him and he leaves San Francisco? That leaves 30 other teams. Talk to me. Yeah, you know, I'm not a big Kaepernick fan. Um, I, mean, I, I mean, I don't know. Has Fitz ever put together two good seasons in a row? No. Um, but, but the fact is, Hey, you know, he got the job done last year. Um, you know, the Jets, uh, I don't think Bryce Petty will be ready, so they'll probably need some type of backup quarterback. But I think uh, Kaepernick's going to want more than backup money. I'm just not a big fan of the guy. And it's like, hey, I think Fitz did enough to merit at least another season. Like, uh, I, I I don't know how the development of Petty is going. I, I think it would be – I don't think they're planning on playing him this year. Um, and, uh, I mean, I think the most notable thing he did last year was – do you remember his introduction to the New York fans where they jumped all over him because he loved Domino's Pizza? <laughs> yeah, right? Well, Crazy. welcome to New York, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the kid's from Waco, Texas. What does he know? Uh, but I, I hope, uh, you know, uh, he, he discovered real good pizza, not this uh, corporate nonsense. And I'll tell you, you, you know, every five minutes you see uh, these Papa John commercials with that, that scumbag owner who doesn't want to give health insurance to full-time employees and uh, can't stand those commercials, can't stand them. All right. Um, I'd be remiss to not mention uh, um, uh, Maurice White, uh, who was 74, um, who had been battling a long um, illness. I think he had Parkinson's, if I'm not mistaken, uh, uh, probably among other illnesses that he had. Uh, for those of people who don't know who Maurice White, he's one of the founders of uh, Earth, Wind and Fire. Uh, and like I said, he passed away at age 74 today. Um, um, Earth, Wind, and Fire, a long-standing uh, group, um, world famous. Let me put it that way. Numerous hits um, and numerous um, 
um, albums or CDs or whatever you want to put them. I had them. I had albums. I had also had to probably had some CDs. But uh, um, back in the uh, '80s, I think it was '80s. If I'm not mistaken, '80s, '90s. Um, they were a huge, extremely huge. Uh, for those who don't know who Earth, Wind, and Fire is, I don't know where you've been, what rock you've been uh, sleeping under. Um, but for youngsters that don't know who they are, uh, try uh, YouTubing Earth, Wind, and Fire, and you'll see what I'm talking about. Um, also, um, uh, Jeff, um, I I don't know this guy, uh, to tell you the truth, but at, at age 41, uh, it's a shame when somebody um, passes away. Uh, he's an ex-Games ex icon, um, Dave Mira or Myra. Um, uh, he was a X Games biker, um, and apparently somewhere in North Carolina, in Greenville, North Carolina, he was found earlier today with an apparently self-inflicted gunshot wound. Um, and that it's always a shame when you see someone, uh, take their own life, uh, regardless of what age they are. Uh, and it looks like uh, things were not going his way, obviously, and he felt the need to take this extreme measure to leave this earth. Um, I'll give you the opportunity to talk about, um, I know you probably don't know who Dave Murray is, but he can give you the opportunity to, opportunity to talk about him and also about Maurice Weiss of Earth, Wind, and Fire. Wow, I mean that's that might did that just break about Maurice White? Um, um, yeah, that's a shame. I mean, Earth, Wind, and Fire—you know, huge R&B group—but they had very important. They had the crossover. Um, um, yeah, uh, I don't really follow the X Games, but I was just thinking about it because I just saw a documentary about e Evil Can Evil. And, um, you know, he was kind of like the godfather of the X Games. Now, the thing is with a suicide, it's always sad, you know, especially if it's somebody who's relatively young. You know, um, as a quote from, uh, you know, Sunday Fever, which is almost like, uh, you know, like a Bible for, uh, you know, poor ethnic whites, you know, um, mm -hmm. that uh, John Travolta says, uh, you know, uh, there's ways of killing yourself without killing yourself. And, uh, you know, Tony Monero, his character wasn't uh, necessarily the sharpest tool in the shed, but, you know, I think a lot of people, <laughs> say the least. yeah, I'm trying to be nice. Uh, but he made, he made uh, Rocky Balboa, uh, you know, look like Albert Einstein. Now or the other way around, I think, uh, that, um, uh, I think some people, they won't kill themselves, but they'll just uh, drink themselves to death and do a lot of other stuff, and they'll, they'll kind of take the slow suicide. You know what I'm saying? And that that's wrong, sure. too, you know? And I'll, I'll tell you, I don't believe in suicide, but that's my theme music. Check it out. Um, that, um, But that, that, I, I can't imagine taking, taking my life, but I would rather take my life than start boozing it up every night and getting behind the wheel and, and possibly killing other people, you know, or, you know, uh, do, doing really uh, reckless, stupid stuff, you know, because uh, that, that's real horrible, and people do that all the time, you know, to different levels. Yeah. All right, Jeff. Um, I'm going to take a, a quick break here uh, and then uh, gather ourselves until we can finally talk about the uh, Super Bowl 50. I said uh Today, since Super Bowl 50 is two two days away, three days away, what's, what's today, the fourth? Three days away. Um, we'll talk about uh, who we like and why we like them and uh, get on the Super Bowl topic uh, just like everyone else um, at this time. So I'm going to take a, a quick break with a couple of minutes, and then we'll come back and we'll talk about the Super Bowl 50. Looking for fantasy sports advice? How about informative conversation? Look no further as the Master Plan features two men that can help in both areas. 
Jerry, the master tailor, and Lance, the NFL exporter Goodman, provide you with a fantasy fix live every Sunday morning on the master plan at blogtalkradio.com forward slash V-I-C-H-B-K at 10 a.m. Eastern Time. You can listen at spotonradio.webs.com after the show as it streams 24-7, 365, and listen to other informative programs as well. That's the master plan, Sundays, 10 a.m. Eastern on blogtalkradio.com forward slash V-I-C-H-B-K and streaming at spotonradio.webs.com. Information, motivation, variety, the master plan. Victor Gardner began the fantasy sports and politics brand with the idea of combining two of his passions into a radio show. He then learned that politics were 95% of sports. When you tune into the Fantasy Sports and Politics show every Saturday at 1 p.m. Eastern, Mr. FST himself, Vic Gardner, and Jerry, the master tailor, will go over the weekend sports, prep you for your upcoming fantasy games, and spark a debate politicians would love to hear. That's the FST show every Saturday at 1 p.m. on blogtalkradio.com forward slash B-I-C-H-B-K. You can listen at spotonradio.web.com after the show as it streams 24-7, 365. For other informative programs as well, information, motivation, variety. All right, uh, we are back. Uh, And this is the master, excuse me, not not the master plan. This is the FSP Cruise Show. The number to call is 347-637-3220. 347-637-3220 is a place to be if you want to talk to Jeff or me. We're now talking about Super Bowl 50 and 24 hours after Denver wide receiver Emmanuel Sanders called Josh Norman a media creation. The Carolina Panther Pro Bowl cornerback delivered a counterpunch. And this is a quote. I think you've, you'd have to be pretty darn good at what you do to talk your way into the spotlight. Norman told reporters during Thursday's Super Bowl media availability. I haven't been hearing much about him. Obviously, he may want to go back and go practice some more. Norman sometimes can be brass and outspoken. He's also backed up his words with performance. He was named the NFC Defensive Player of the Month for September after intercepting four passes in the first four games. He returned two for touchdowns. Opposing quarterbacks had a passer rating of 54 when when targeting Norman during a regular season, that, according to Pro Football Pro, Pro Football Focus, rated Norman number one among the corners on Wednesday. Sanders said Norman talked himself into the media. Norman likely won't spend much time in Super Bowl 50 covering Sanders, who plays most of the time in the slot. He'll likely be on Denver's top receiver, Demarius Thomas. Norman has a reputation for going to what he calls his dark place when offended by opponents. He said the Broncos haven't gotten under his skin enough to push his buttons yet. It's way too early. I'm not going to go back and forth, but him obviously say saying something to me. It's just the buildup. All right, Jeff, um, going back and forth. Uh, some people saying that um, for sentimental reasons, they want, uh, uh, Peyton Manning to win the game. Uh, they think the Denver defense, uh, like in the past, um, like a Seattle defense is, is um, go, defense wins championships. Uh, I think they're. I don't. It depending on who you who you talk to. Some giving uh, um, Denver's defense more credence than uh, Carolina and vice versa. Uh, saying that Peyton Manning is probably going to play a complementary role. Uh, some even I even heard that if Peyton Manning plays bad, that Gary Kubek, this is a Super Bowl. I've never seen this happen. Um, we'll pull him uh, and put the, uh, Brock Osweiler in. I think the last time that a quarterback got pulled for another one was back in Super Bowl three. If I can remember when um when John Unitas took the place of Earl Morrill, um I've never heard and I and I heard this. I actually heard this on TV and I was like, You gotta be kidding me that somebody would actually think that this would happen, that if Peyton Manning played that poorly, 
that Gary Kubiak wouldn't hesitate to put Brock Osweiler in in the biggest stage in football, the Super Bowl. Um, talk to me, Jeff. I mean, you can talk to me about J- Josh Norman. You can talk to me about uh, what I just talked about with Peyton Manning and getting pulled or anything that you would like to talk about uh, other than that about this Super Bowl 50, which is um, uh, a momentous one because it's the gold um, Super, 50, um, Super Bowl. So talk to me. Um. You know, um, I'm trying to think, you know, when the last time a quarterback got pulled in the Super Bowl. Um, the thing is, the Super Bowl three was very unique. I mean, people remember uh, Earl Morrill as a journeyman, but uh, he was the NFL MVP that year yep. because uh, Unitas got hurt in the preseason and uh, Marvel played great. The rest of the team was very strong, and they went 13-1, and I think it was. And, um, you know, uh, Unitas was able to come back to finish the year as a backup, and it must be nice to know you got a future Hall of Famer as a backup in case of emergency. And the Colts only scored one touchdown that game. That that was uh, Unitas. And there's, I think, uh, I don't know if he admitted it, Shula uh, regretted uh, not putting in uh, uh, Unitas earlier. Uh, I think usually, I mean, you don't see quarterbacks getting pulled from a Super Bowl because usually the guy usually, quarterback has to have a very good season to get that far. And and quarterbacks don't get pulled that often, especially on a a very good team in a a very big game. Uh, The thing is, it's not a bad idea for uh, Kubiak to, to, to plant that seed because who knows? Maybe uh, Carolina might do some preparation uh, for uh, for Osweiler, which you know make make it a little more uh, difficult uh, for their uh, preparation. The thing is, I mean, uh, uh, you know, well, what if they're down by two touchdowns early and um, Peyton's playing lousy? You know, what do you do? Um, you know, uh, I don't have a problem with it. You know, I mean, I know, you know, quarterback of the team, it's just you can't, you know, pull these guys in and out of games. But this is the last game of the season. And, uh, you know, you, you can't keep a guy in the game who's getting, you know, who's playing like garbage. Uh, you can't keep him in there out of respect. And I'll tell you, you know, hey, uh, Peyton has not been great in the postseason. And he was pretty awful in his last Super Bowl. So, uh you know, hey, if they do that, whatever. And I, I do remember, I didn't think it was going to happen, but uh, the first Patriots Super Bowl, because they had such a high-profile backup, uh, Bledsoe, and, and, you know, uh, people were wondering at that point if Brady was the real deal. I was wondering, you know, what would it take for Bledsoe to get in the game? But, uh, you know, Brock Osweiler is no, no Bledsoe. Well, that's true. Well, Jeff, let me let me ask you this, okay? You know who's playing. You know what's at stake. Um, you know what the, uh, when when they're playing, um, and where they're playing. Who you like? You know, um, for several reasons. Uh, like like most people, I'm going with the Panthers. Um, yeah, I think a lot of it has to do with the differences at quarterback. Uh, I mean, uh, Newton's been playing unbelievable, and uh, Peyton was able to pull it together for a little while in the playoffs. But he, you know, he's looked horrendous. Uh, also, the uh, you know, and I think also because he can't throw it far, it, it makes it easier for uh, the Panthers' defense, which isn't as good as the Broncos, but is a pretty darn good defense. Um, you know. It's funny, uh, yeah. I, I, I don't. I don't get too excited if uh, the Giants aren't playing in a game. I the the, the Panthers have some uh, uh, some North Jersey connections, and uh, I don't know. They have some notable uh, guys on the coaching staff, and you know sometimes the local newspapers before a Super Bowl they'll say the local connections, uh, and uh, there's definitely there. I think. Uh, Panthers have more North Jersey connections than uh, Denver. Okay. 
Well, I think the Panthers are like 20, plus 24 in a, in a turnover ratio, whatever. Um, and probably are looking to um, turn over um, quite naturally Peyton Manning multiple times to try to build up a big lead like they've done in the last two games in the playoffs. Um, I, uh, I've been going back and forth in this game, believe it or not, um, saying that anytime they – seems like anytime they build up one team versus the other, it always works the opposite way. Uh, and and um, except maybe last year with, when the um, uh, Seattle Seahawks – not last year, but the year before last when the Seattle Seahawks played the uh, uh, Denver Broncos – and with that uh, stifling defense. Um, and it's ironic that the Panthers are the highest scoring team in the NFL this year, uh, going against a team that's uh, rated, uh, I think, number one overall uh, in, um, in on defense. And defense normally wins championships, normally. Um, but in this day and age, uh, with the versatility of the quarterback and uh, Cam Newton versus a stoic uh, and immobile quarterback in um, Peyton Manning and two defenses that are, I can't say they're relatively the same, but they're very um, close to being being a, um, incom- um, a mirror of each other. Let me put it that way. Um, they both have decent pass rushes. They both have strong linebackers. They both have um, um, good defensive backs to pre- to prevent the pass, uh, and they have good pass rushers too. And, and uh, I think the Denver is probably better against the run than um, Carolina. Uh, I think the difference, just like you had stated earlier, would be in the quarterback position. Um, even though that it may offset, because uh, Denver probably has better. Uh, options in on offense than the Carolina Panthers have on in the uh, wide receiver position, even though that they use, um, and I'm talking about the Carolina use Greg Olson as a wide receiver, even though he plays from the tight end position, but I have to go with um, uh, the Carolina Panthers. I hate to be jumping on the bandwagon because I'm not that type of guy, but uh, I, I, I can't see how, um, the Carolina Panthers as um, relaxed and as easy. Um, how can I say easy going as these guys are uh, in, in their approach and, and the way they have so much fun in what they, what they do and with each other and in a game that it won't translate into this game. I kind of, I kind of believe it will translate into this game and that they will, um, play fast and free just like they've done up until this point. Um, the quarterback is a lead lead guy, and he's been in big situations before. Uh, two national championships, one at Ben College uh, uh, when he was um, when he left Florida, uh, and, and then another one when um, he played with uh, in the SEC, uh, which is big-time football. And then he won the uh, national championship. So I got to believe that uh, the stage is never too big for either one of these quarterbacks. But I think uh, the way Cam Newton played playing compared to Peyton Manning uh, warrants me picking um, the Carolina Panthers to uh, win this game. Uh, Jeff, we got about a minute and a half left in the program. Is there anything else that you want to bring up or say before we get out of here? Yeah, let's, uh, I don't know, just, uh, like a lot of people, I'm just rooting for a decent game, and because, uh, uh, oh man, I tell you, some when when these games get out of hand, um, you know, uh, uh, you remember the party more than the game. You know? <laughs> <laughs> but if, if yep. you up there, but the thing is, if you have a rooting interest in one of the teams, it's sometimes if your team gets. Uh, and badly, it's nice to have some friends around for uh, support, which uh, I remember when uh, the Giants, when they got clobbered by uh, Baltimore in that Super Bowl. Man, you know, uh, I was like in a big group hug with a bunch of other 
Giant fans, you know, and it, that that game to me illustrated the point, and it, it's it's really not logical, but it, it, I think it's better not to go than to the Super Bowl than go and lose, especially if you're going to get beaten badly. So, uh, but you know, you're right though. Sometimes when when you hear just everything's one sided for the one team, it kind of makes me think the other team. It's going to pull something, you know, but uh, uh, the the Panthers don't have a lot. I don't think they have many players with Super Bowl experience, but, hey, uh, very timely, uh, their head coach, Ron Rivera, is uh, played for the, with the 85 Bears. So uh, uh, but I think, uh, you know, Kubiak, hey, he's no dummy. Uh, you know, he, he held the clipboard, you know, for a couple Super Bowls and, you know, his playing career. Uh and uh, I think he was uh, communicating with his former uh, head coach, uh, Mike Shanahan, but how to make, how to better prepare for uh, the Super Bowl. And uh, I'll tell you, you know, the, the Broncos, they could play someday, and uh, they do have a running game, so uh, who knows? They uh, they might surprise. So And it'll make an interesting game if, if they can uh, keep it close. Yep. With that being said, uh, enjoy the game, people. Uh, tune in on Saturday morning, excuse me, Saturday afternoon, 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, where the uh, FSP show is going to be uh, aired. Uh, Vic is going to be the, co- be, be the host. I'll be the co-host on that show also on the uh, Sunday, uh, Super Bowl Sunday, 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. I'll be there um, talking more about the Super Bowl and other things uh, sports-related and fantasy-related. And in the coming weeks, uh, Vic and I will be talking about fantasy baseball, uh, breaking down each position and ranking those, and also putting it on the website. Uh, um, tune in for information on that. That being said, uh, I'm not going to play any music. I'm just going to drop the mic. Uh, it's been nice. Uh, been a nice night. Uh, enjoy the rest of the evening, and uh, uh, enjoy the weekend. See ya. <laughs>